All right, so let's begin with our Hebrew for today. This is the Hebrew that you guys are memorizing during the week. Remember the, 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 I know some of you, the, the handout I gave you last week. Uh, uh, you guys ready to say it together? You guys didn't practice? I'm getting a bunch of blank stares. You didn't practice your Hebrew? Yeah. Ah. All right. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ahad. Hear Israel, God, Lord, uh, Lord, your, our, your God, the Lord is one. All right, keep practicing. Shema, Shema. You guys can remember that part, right? Shema Israel, Shema Israel. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and continue in on what we were talking about last week. Last week we were, uh, we talked, spent the entire time on young Earth creationism. Young Earth, young being compared to a relative term of old. So, um, so old Earth creationism, likewise, is pretty relative. It's a, uh, it's old compared to young. So, um, it's all relative. It's kind of an umbrella term used to describe biblical creationists who deny the universe was created within the last six to ten thousand years. So, anyone who's Older that believes the earth was, is older than 10,000 years kind of fits into the old earth creationist. It's kind of like everyone that, that goes into the, in that pile. And there's a lot of different people that go into that pile. Um, so um, most of them do not believe that the Bible is talking about a literal 24-hour days. Uh, in in Genesis one, um, rather old Earth creationists believe that God created the universe and its heavens in, including a literal Adam and Eve, in a much longer term period, a longer time period. Um, often, uh, some of them will go as old as what science is saying, like which is what I think thirteen billion at the moment, um, and some of them you know, much shorter than that. But anything older than 10,000 is old earth creationist. So it's kind of an umbrella term. Um, and there's a lot of people and a lot of good, solid uh, theologians that you may or may not have read uh, fall under this pile that, that don't believe the earth is uh, young earth. They don't believe with young earth creationists. I listed a few that you may or may not know, like Norman Geisler, um, J.I. Packard, uh, Chuck Colson, uh, Francis Schaeffer, uh, Gleason Archer. And you may or may not know, in, know any of these names. If you read a lot of theology books, you're going to know some of these names. If you don't, then you probably won't. If you haven't read anything by J.I. Uh, Packard, you really should. His Knowing God is, is a fantastic book. Um... But like I said, old earth creationists usually agree with mainstream scientific estimates of the age of the earth and humanity and earth itself. Um, Sometimes, though, at the same time rejecting the modern evolutionary theorist uh, in respect to biological evolution. Um, so... Um, Young Earth and Old Earth do have some things in common, um, like the belief that there was a universe created out of nothing from some some time ago. Uh, young Earth creationists believe in a it was six thousand years ago to ten thousand years ago. Old Earth creationists believe it's much longer than that, but it was still created out of nothing. Um, a literal Adam and Eve. Um, young Earth and Old Earth creations both believe in a literal Adam and Eve, um, though not all people do that. Um, the rejection of Darwin's claim that random mutation 
um, is what uh, led to this. That's, that's another thing that both young earth and old earth creationists agree on. Um, However, old earth, and they, they, they often uh, differ on um, things like when was Adam and Eve created? See, a lot of old earth creationists believe that there was earth and then Adam and Eve came, there was earth already and Adam and Eve came much later. So earth had been around for 7,000 years, 70,000 years, 10,000, you know, and then Adam and Eve came. And uh, uh, interesting enough, I read a mathematician doing some math on this, and he was saying it only takes about 2,000 years for one set of people to become a universal donor. So if we're worried about, like, the sin of Adam and Eve covering everyone, it only takes about 2,000 years for someone to become a universal donor. That means their bloodline involves, everyone in, the, in existence has a shared bloodline of going back about 2,000 years, uh, mathematically speaking, uh, which is interesting. Um, I do think I put a link, uh, I put a, in the, in the bio, uh, in your notes, in the biography, I think his, his, name, his book is in that section. Um, one of the big things that people argue about is, is the literal meaning, is, is, is the day, uh, is, um, um, well, we'll get to that in a second. Let's, let's, let's talk about that in a second. Um, so um, the first, like I said, there's multiple different types of young, old earth creationists. Um, I'll talk about a few of them. The, the most common ones, one is progressive creationist. Uh, I know that word progressive tends to have a bad taste in a lot of our mouth. Um, it's used kind of a them progressive. You know, and they're against everything that's traditional. That's not really what it means. Uh, progressive Christian believe that it's a that creation is a process. That God created the heavens and the earth over a period of billions of years, not not the six twenty four hour days, and that the basis for create the traditional creation uh, and and progressive Christians. Um, can be liberal or conservative in their theological system of belief, but they agree that the Big Bang was God's way of producing stars and galaxies through the billions of year natural process. The earth and the universe are billions of years old, not merely thousands. The days of creation were overlapping periods of millions of billions of years. Death and bloodshed have existed from the very beginning of creation and were not the result of Adam's sin. Um, man was created after uh, the mass majority of Earth's history of life and death had already taken place. And the flood of Noah, most of them do not believe it was a uh, global flood, but a local flood. Um, um, so, um, so this is... Um, I think one of the biggest um, arguing points that people have with this is, well, one, the literal 24-hour period. It's obviously a 24-hour period. There was evening and there was day. And so you take that literally or figuratively, because the Bible does have lots of places that you do take things figuratively. And how do you deal with that? But also, was there death before Adam and Eve? This would be there'd be no suffering and death, but... We can argue or not whether there was death before that at all. Did the animals die before Adam and Eve? Or was it just in the garden there was no death, where they were at access to the garden? See, a lot of old earth creationists believe that, the, that death happened outside of the garden. See, there's, because we, we look at, a lot of times we like, in our minds, we paint this picture that earth was the garden of Eden. And that's not the picture the Bible paints. The Garden was a place in the east inside of Eden. So it was a garden inside of Eden. So they had like this three tier tiers. You had earth, a 
Eden, and then inside of that was the garden. And so an old earth creation will often argue that, no, it's when they said that death didn't happen, it was only inside the garden of Eden that death was not happening outside of that. They didn't have access to the, the tree of life, so they weren't, they were, so death happened. Um, Yeah, it said childbirth will bear you pain. Um, so, but people will argue, did was there childbirth period before that? Or did it just cause no pain? People also argue whether there was rain before the flood. Um, a very literal reading of the, the Bible, a very literal reading of the Bible, a young earth creationist, uh, young, or very literal reading of the trench will say there is no rain before the flood. Flood was the first time the earth had rain on it. Um, um, so that's um, so. Um, but uh, old earth will reject all that and say it was only within the garden of Eden that the ideal place was set up. And that was, um, often they will say that, um, that, that the creation of Adam and Eve brought a new species of human onto earth where there were already human-ish, human-like creatures like Neanderthal and stuff like that already in existence. And they were there, and they were living and dying, and um, and um, and uh, young, and then there was a literal Adam and Eve that were created that introduced a new species of of, of human being. Um, and of course, the the day uh, twenty four hour is it a literal twenty four hours? This is probably one of the things that gets argued about the most. Uh, the Hebrew word. There is yom, yom, y-o-m, yom, um, and it is used in Hebrew just like we use day in English. Think about all the different ways we use day. When you think of your day, what do you mean? Well, in the Bible, just like in English, it could be, well, it's the time that it's light outside. It could mean the 24-hour period. It could be in my day, which is some kind of undefined time in the past, in that day, at that time, the Bible uses day in all those different ways. Now, the most common way it uses it is the 24-hour period, but it is not the only way it does use it. It uses it to mean all the different things. That's the same thing we do. I mean, think about all the, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many times we taught use the word day, Right? You know, daytime, as opposed to nighttime. Do uh, we have? We use it. Uh, I've heard many of you in this room say, "In my day," which means back when you thought things were good. <laughs> Probably looking back on them, not when you were there, but looking back on them, you thought that was. When you were at your prime, maybe, you know, whatever day that was. Um, uh, um, and we use it even like when we're meaning like once upon a time. We use, we use you know, back in that day, in those days, which kind of means like once upon a time in, in our speech. And they use the same thing. They have kind of a, uh, even... Uh, well, I'll talk about this later, but even the Bible starts out with Bereshit bara, um, which some people argue is more like when God began to create, not which is whenever that was, not not in the the beginning. And we'll talk about that when we we'll get there next week. Yeah, probably next week. We'll talk about that in more detail when we look at the the Hebrew word. Um, better sheet. Um, but yes, yeah, so old earth, um, progressive Christian, they believe it is a process, not a little 24 hour period, uh, which goes along with 
Um, what many of you guys, some of you guys actually believe two different things. You know, it amazes me. We as human beings, mm, we have the ability to bring, believe contradictory statements without having problems. That's just something we, and you say, no, I don't. We, we do it all the time. All the time we believe contradictory statements without problems. We don't think anything of it. Um, and I, I don't know if we can ever not have that and do that. That's just something that we, we are really good about. It's one of the things that separates us from the apes. We can, we can believe contradictory statements all the time. And so some of you believe at the same time you believe there the young earth creationism, you also believe in the day-age theory. And you might be right and you might be wrong. Let's talk about the day-age theory. Um, the day-age theory uh, believes that... Um, that each day represents an age or a period of time. Doesn't necessarily, whether you mean a literal thousand year period, like that's what an age is, or you mean some kind of undefined age. Um, in which case God went through at that day, in that age, God created Light in that age, God created. Um, in which case, we're still in the sixth day because God is still making us whole. Because, and, and it's interesting, uh, the argument for one of the arguments for this is actually go, go, go read your Bible. Um, how do we know when the days end? What's the Bible say? In Genesis chapter 1, I've, I'm going to assume you guys have already read the chapter. That's just one of the assumptions I want to make. So if you have not done that, please do so. Because I'm just going to assume you have read the one chapter we're talking about for several weeks. Um, yeah, more than just the one in the beginning. The whole chapter. Um <laughs> Through two, chapter 2, verse 3, where we kind of have this split, um, I'm going to assume you have read that. So if you're, if you're joining us with this conversation, and we're spending multiple weeks on one chapter, I'm going to assume you have read it. That's just, okay. So, so the, each day ends with what? How's it, how do we know a day ends? Well, it says there is morning and there is evening. Day one. There's morning, there's evening. Day two. Which day does not have that? Go read it. Go look it up, guys. You got your Bibles? This isn't a pop quiz. Come on, use your notes. <laughs> it's an open book study. Come on. <laughs> Open your Bible. <laughs> No, there is evening and there is morning, day one. Mm -hmm. The seventh doesn't have that. As if to say, it never ends. So a day, er, a, to, so one of the big arguments from a day age creationist is the idea that the seventh day never ends. So we haven't gotten there yet because, it, because every day, every age we're in, ends. We're still waiting for an end to this one, which is kind of interesting. Um, I think that was a phone, guys. Um, my, um, so, so that would be, um, so, so that is an interesting idea that the days, and of course there is that passage in um, uh, Brain Fog, um, Peter, where he says, your days are like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day, which is one of the places where they get this from. They, 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 they say that's not a literal 24-hour period because they... They think to, uh, they, they seek to harmonize full interpretation of the Bible with the modern understanding of, of stuff and uh, of science. Um, 
But it is important to point out, they're not attempting to remove God. They're not attempting to, to, uh, to say the Bible isn't literal. They're just saying that a, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Well, well, but um, so for them, when it ends, that is because all things sunset and all things rise. It starts anew. So when it ends, that's the evening. Oh, well, for a thousand years, even if it's for an age. Well, think about, okay, let's, 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 let's put this in different terms. Um, we just got out of a century. Last century was, you know, 23 years ago, which is kind of crazy to think about, right? Um, but as that was coming to a close, that was the evening, and then there was morning, the next, the next age, the next period, next century. Uh, we use that kind of metaphorical language all the time. We just have to use it metaphorically, not literally, um, which is not uncommon, even in the scriptures. Metaphors are all throughout the scriptures. Um, no. We can look at the stars and say what an age is, or. Um, and, and people argue what exactly that means. But, um, but the idea behind the day-age theory is that we are still in the sixth day. We're in the, still in the sixth age. We are still being made into what we will be. And when Jesus returns and sets up a new heaven and a new earth, that will be the time, the seventh day, that has no end. And some of you agree that one and the younger theology. It's okay to have you know, because the Bible sometimes does have multiple meanings in it. Uh, we, we can agree with contradictions and uh, multiple meanings. For example, um, we often use, we know that like the prophets, let's take Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah was talking a very literal meaning for the people of his time. He was speaking to the people of Israel at his time period. But we can also read Isaiah for ourselves and, and talk about it in our time period. And they're both right. And that's okay. See, a lot of times we in our society, the way our brains work, we have gotten into this, this idea that, um, and it's, it's largely because of our worship of science as a society uh, yes, and it follows all the, tr the, 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 the segments of a religion. Um, we believe in this either or statements. It's either this or it's that. It's either, either religion is wrong or science is wrong, or, you know, and, and, or science is wrong. They can't be both. We're the first society to really have that issue. I mean, that's what we have record of anyways. I'm sure there might have been another one somewhere else. But we're really the first one that really has had that issue. Um, we, we, in, in, in many time periods, if you go read a lot of the older commentaries, um, they will look at the book of Genesis uh, and they'll, they'll look at um, like Genesis chapter one and two, and they will, and we argue, is it one story? Is it two stories? Is it, you know, three stories? Is it, um, you know, are there three different creation accounts? Is there two different creation accounts? Is there one creation account? And if you look at history, the, the commentaries, the Jewish commentaries, they said as many as six different creation accounts existed in this one. And they didn't, it didn't, it's not something they were like arguing over. It just, it was not something that bothered them because they were looking at the metaphysics behind it, not the physics of it. Um, and we get caught up in the physics of something. And I'll probably say this again multiple times as we go through this segment. Um, you know, this week, next week, the week after that. Uh, 
Who has studied physics? Anyone studied physics in this room? Yeah, what is physics? Yeah, it's, let's put it in terms we can understand. Let's take a cake. If we take a, if we look at physics of a cake, it's, well, it's in the cake. Well, there's eggs, milk, flour, maybe some oil, sugar. You know, we can look at what's in it. We can take the whole universe like that. What's in there? Maybe what process we used to make it. Well, we baked it at 350 or for you know, 200 hours because we like it burnt. And, um, you know, we can, we can, um, uh, we, uh, we can look at the physics of that. And, and there was some physics that people looked at. And so, and throughout history, we can see people wrestling with this, but they didn't just look at the physics. They looked at the metaphysics and metaphysics. Is anyone familiar with the term Metaphysics. Mm, sort of, sort of. It's not, it's more about why. Like if we're looking using the cake example. Why did we build make a cake? Was it someone's birthday? Was it just because you wanted a cake and you like getting fat? I mean, what's what's why? And when you look at the physics, we're still looking at a cake, and we can still describe the cake. But we're looking at it two different ways, and we're not, and, and, and we're really the first society that really has been focused on, we've tried to take away metaphysics and just focus on physics. And that's why I think this, these arguments that we're having today hijack the discussions that were ha- that of, of what the book of the Bible is really talking about because they were more concerned with the metaphysics of creation than they were the physics of creation. God was showing them something and they knew God was showing them something through their cosmology, their order of things, the way they understood things. Cosmology comes from the word to means to order, how they thought things were in order. And so they, they, so God was showing himself through the way they viewed cosmology, which is what we will talk about mostly next week. We are going to focus on ancient Israelite cosmology next week. And then the week after that will probably be ancient Egyptian mythology and maybe Babylonian. I'll see if I can fit those into one lesson or we have to split those into two. Um, we're going to be looking at ancient Egyptian cosmology and ancient Egyptian cosmology as well because... This, the book of Genesis is more about a discussion between those cosmologies than it is with the way we view the world, our cosmology. It's closer, it's more of a discussion that when the author of Genesis wrote um, the day one, they never expected us to be in a, cause, uh, a discussion with Darwin and, um, and his, his book about evolution. And, and, of course, if Darwin hadn't have done it, there was a guy that came out with the same, sub, same thing about, you know, four years later. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, they would have never have thought about That was not something that was on their mind. What was on their mind was the metaphysics behind the way they saw the world and what way the cosmology and what was being set, shown in e- Egypt and in Mesopotamia. So we're going to co- focus on those starting next week, uh, how they viewed the world, how the next one, and what they were doing, why they were doing it. Because the metaphysics here is much more important than the physics of it. The what? The Kabbalah is something different. The Kabbalah is, um, is a mystic movement within Judaism, but that is not what we're talking about when we talk about metaphysics. That is more spiritual, esoteric. Um, Scientology is written by a guy who wrote science fiction novels for a living. Um, I have read his books. Um, 
No, but that's not, when we say metaphysics, we're not talking about all that. We're not talking about that. When we say metaphysics, I'm not talking about what they have hijacked that word to mean or they have, um, that's not what this means. Metaphysics means we're asking within the physics, why? Why was the purpose of this? What was the, not the spiritual, we're not looking at the esoteric or the spiritual aspects uh, such as Kabbalah or or Gnosticism or, or Scientology or any of that stuff. That's, that's not what we're looking at. That's not what that word even means. That is something social media has attached to some of these things inappropriately. Um, social media is horrible about attaching words inappropriately to things. Um, I would agree with that. It is getting worse with the shortened contact because you get everything out of context. Um, that's why I put out our videos, short little contacts, hoping that they will come and watch the full thing. Or even better yet, come to church. <laughs> um, but the first handshake through our social media, the reels are where it's at at the moment. I say that, okay, let me, I'm backed up. I said something. I was rude. I understand. Reels and shorts are those short little clips that they show on Instagram and Facebook and, and YouTube. The short little less than two minute clips, those are called reels and shorts. And right now, the algorithm that they use favors those. You put those out, people who share, like, especially share, comment on those things. The more interaction those things get, the more your social media gets played. So if you want to help the church out, get more handshakes out there, go share our reels or our shorts or our, on Facebook, YouTube, and, and Instagram or TikTok, whichever one you're on. Um, um, because that's, that's what they're, so we put those reels out there because that's where they're, that's their focus. Now, Last year, I guess it was two years ago, reels were not where I was at. It was all about the, the picture. And so we put out lots of pictures, you know, and that was because you wanted likes, and now it's on shares and not so much on likes. And saves are even better. If you save it, like on Instagram, you hit save, that's even better than sharing. Um, according to the algorithm right now, yes, it is something we all have to, we have to keep up with as if we want to get more handshakes out there. Because that's the way it's done right now, is it's handshakes. Um, people don't... The number one way people... We are reaching people we would never be able to reach. Um, without social media. Um, and that's just reality. We are reaching more different people than we would ever... We'd, they would never, and they, some of them never will come in our doors, but we are, they're listening to us online. They're watching our content. And, they're, um, and so uh, it's a wonderful tool that God is using to spread his, his love. And uh, we're going to be plowing forward in God's love and doing that. And uh, that is really off topic. So let's get back to the Bible. Let's get back to what we're talking about. All right, day-age theory. Um, next one, um, the gap theory. How many of you guys have heard the gap theory before? Who, can anyone tell me what the gap theory is before I go off on a, another tangent? This is probably one some of you have heard, some of you have not. Um, Genesis chapter one, um, uh, one and two. Someone read Genesis chapter one, one and two. Just read it to me out loud. Wonderful. Thank you, Lene. All right, so in beginning, in the beginning, um, we'll talk about in beginnings next week. Uh, 
in beginnings, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty or uh, void of life, uh, waste, wild and waste. I, heard, I read one translation that says wild and waste. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Um, but the word that we, for the gap theory that we want to focus in on is the word, um, yeah. Um, and this is the word was. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Now the earth was. Yeah. That's right. The word there, Hayah, is often translated became. It's the word for be or being. That's the, what the word means. It, it, it's has come to pass, occurred, happened, be, being. We have to figure out what we're doing with that in English. Now, there was a, translate, a, a theory that became uh, popular um, with the uh, Schofield Bible. I don't know if any of you have read a Schofield Bible. And it argued this gap theory. Um, the, uh, that it became. And so the theory goes something like the earth was. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So there was heaven and earth. And now the earth was formless and void. It was without life. It was wild and waste. It was. It was. And then God He, well, it was, and then God made it wild and waste, or it became wild and waste, or however it, be, it like, okay, so it was, and God, like, destroyed it once before. And so it became wild and waste. So the earth, God created the heavens and earth, and the earth became wild and waste. So whatever process that looked like, whether it was there was a whole set of human beings once before that got, went through the same process, I've, I've heard this, they were you know, technologically superior to us and then they destroyed the earth and it became, or there was life and that's when the asteroid came and it destroyed mankind, uh, destroyed uh, all the dinosaurs and, and it became wild and waste. Um, and whatever that looks like according to different people, different ideas of what that looks like. Um, some just believe he just took it up and crumbled it up like you would a piece of paper and, um, you know, but... Um, the theory goes that most likely at the fall of Satan when he came to earth, often, like I said, this often coincides with the idea that the, there was an asteroid that destroyed all life on earth, led in an ice age, and killed off all the dinosaurs, right? Going along with the physosaurs. So the earth was, and it became wild and waste with, when that that. Asteroid was actually Satan falling to earth, according to the, uh, uh, many of the people that follow this, this theory. And so the planet became without form and void, and, uh, and then God started over again and recreating earth in a paradise form in Eden. Um, and so um, it's really distinct from theistic evolution, and it's distinct from the Dage theory, it's distinct in the old earth creation, because it really is more like this ruin and then reconstructed idea. And so, um, no, no, it's just, it's just looking at the one word. There's one word. And they you point to a passage in First Peter that out of context might reply to it. I, it it's, it's not in it. In the context of First Peter, it doesn't, because it's obviously talking about Noah's flood. But no, it's just looking at the one word. And mine says formless and empty. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Formless and void. It's tohu vavohu. Tohu vavohu. That's what it means. That's 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 it in its original language. Tohu vavohu. And it could be formless and void. Uh, a wild and waste. Um, the idea is it's um, um, became like a desert. 
without life, barren and without life. Nope. Yep. It's all in the word. God created the heavens and earth. Boom. Created. Now the earth. But that word can be translated as became. And actually, it's more often than not translated as became than was. Um, that's where the gap theory comes from, is there was this gap because of the word, there was a gap. In the scriptures, because there was, the earth was, and then it became, and then there was the rest of the Bible. So that's why they call it the gap theory. There's something missing in between. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that happens in between the gap of God creating and then the rest of the Bible. So, like the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So... So, so we, we, we talk about the gap. That's where that idea comes from. That's why they call it the gap theory. Because they believe there was a gap between the first sentence of this Bible and the second sentence of the Bible. There's a gap. That's what they would call it the gap theory. It was really made popular in the Schofield Bible. Um, Well, we are using one word to make that translation. The <laughs> well, but we do it all the time. I mean, the movie The Chosen that's so famous right now is adding to the scriptures. I thought it was fun. I mean, I, I've read the book. Thanks, uh, April. Let me borrow that book. I did not re watch the movie yet, uh, the TV show, um, yet, but it's adding to the scriptures. It's adding to our theology. Um, we do it all the time. Um, I think if we're going to argue against this theory, the biggest thing you have to argue with is the idea that suffering and death ha happened before Adam's fall. And if you're going to rely on that, that's got to be the biggest argument against it. Uh, because suffering and death had to happen. Of course, not everyone believes that suffering and death didn't happen. Or that death didn't happen necessarily. Um, this is a different creation, different beings. And so it wasn't referring, when they said sin and, er, sin and suffering and, and, and death entered into the earth, they were saying, well, that was only in reference to human beings. Which the Bible was talking about, not necessarily animals. Um, so, um, and it also requires that, uh, the fall of Satan happening at that period, which is interesting because when did the fall of Satan happen? The Bible doesn't even actually talk about it. There's one passage where he said, I was there when I saw the morning star, which is a reference to a king, um, got translated into as Lucifer in the Latin, which is why we call it Satan. Uh, it was, well, that's more Catholic theology than actual scripture. Um, yeah, the Bible doesn't actually talk about it. So we can actually talk about, well, when did angels fall? Of course, some people believe it was in chapter 6 of Genesis. Uh, and some people believe it was here in the gap theory. But the Bible doesn't actually say. I know some old earth uh, theorists, I know one guy who believes, um, I'm not going to say his name, but he believes um, that the earth is 10,000 years old, which is... Um, Still young earth theory, uh, creationist, but he believes the reason why, he, but he adds that extra 4,000 years because he allows for a time period for Satan to fall. That's not in the scriptures. Um, 
I think it's interesting, though, as we think about this, and this is just something that I, I, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm just going over different theories, right? That's all I'm doing is look at different ways people look at these passages, and then we'll talk about what the Bible actually talks about. Um, but it's as we think about all of history and prehistory or time before we, prehistory is before we were writing, right? It's amazing for us to assume that we would know it all and that it would be centered around us. <laughs> it's awfully egotistical, isn't it? When if we believe God is God, wouldn't all of creation be centered around him? And so whether we have the full story or not, wouldn't it be more focused on the fact that he is? Um, I think that's important to understand. Um, that, that we look at this, no matter how you decide you're going to interpret this, the physics of this, you know, the, we have to recognize that there is God before all of this. In beginning, God. That's the most important. God is the most important part of that. No matter how you choose to interpret this, no matter how you wrestle with this, no matter what you, where you come down. And, I'm not saying, and these are important conversations to have and to think about and wrestle with because it does affect how you interpret many other passages in the scriptures, how you work out, uh, uh, how you live your life in many ways as we, we interpret this. So I'm saying it's not saying it's not an important conversation to have, but I'm saying we need to remember that no matter how we interpret the physics of this, God... Um, I'll probably say it again next week, but uh, I remember that I was reading this rabbi, listening to the rabbi. I think I listened to this rabbi. And I'll try to look up his name. Um, but um, he said that, um, and you know what, I'll save that for next week. Uh, it would make more sense if I put it in the, if I bring up the words on the, the board and I don't have that, those slides up there. I'll, I'll bring that up next week. You guys can look forward to what, I was, what he was going to say. Because um, I don't have the, the Hebrew ready for that. It makes more sense if I put that up. Um, but the reality is, is in the beginning, God, and that's, that's the most important part about it, is, is uh, God comes before all of it. Um, so... Um, yeah, the gap theory really became popular as evolution became more and more popular. It uh, started being taught in school. And so they were really dealing with this. And this is one of the ways they were dealing with this subject. Um, the last one I want to talk about, and I, well, we only have a few minutes, uh, so I'm not going to go through all of this, but... Um, is called theistic evolution. Theistic evolution. And um, this viewpoint comes from more of a deistic. Remember when we talked about, in, all, in our church history class, we talked about deism? What was that? That was God who was kind of back laid out the plan and then it kind of didn't have anything to, he was kind of away from things kind of put the laws of physics in order and then he just kind of stepped back and let it happen and theistic evolution kind of comes out of that mindset that God put into place the process of evolution to create the man he wanted uh, like I said, because deism is something that was taught, you know, you know like said, George Washington probably was a deism because um, that's what the Episcopalian Church was speaking at the time and that's where he went to search. So it's very possible he was. I'm not saying he was, but that's very possible he was. Um, it's very common theology in around that time period. And even today, a lot of people believe that God kind of takes a step, you know, created things and kind of took a step back. And every now and then he comes in and gets directly involved, like Jesus. 
But for the most part, he kind of just lets things happen. Um, well, but he's put those roles into place to do so. Um, so that would take, that would become, uh, you know how we talked about, I know we've talked about this before, uh, there are those people that believe that God controls everything, you know, like I wiggle my pinky because God is willing me to wiggle my pinky, he's that involved, and then there's the spectrum where, you know, how involved God is, and then there's the other one that God is kind of not involved at all, he just kind of put things in plan, and you have complete free will, um, well, if you're more on this side where you have more free will, this, is, this theology makes perfect sense because God put those things, the, you know, the, the, the laws of physics, the laws of thermodynamics, the law of gravity, the, in order, he created all of that and took a step back and let it happen in order to do the most good and the most, and, and so if you're more on that side than you are this side, and like I said, there's a spectrum. Most people are somewhere near the middle. You, know, you might be more Calvinistic than Arminianist, or you might be more Arminianist than Calvinist, but most people are pretty much in the middle, but you have people on either side that are like really extremes. But um, the idea is that God put this, and so uh, they're not saying that God doesn't exist. They're, they're not, most most theistic evolutionists have problems with the idea of survival of the fittest. They're not arguing against evolution, but they don't like the idea of survival of the fittest, which actually is the biggest problem with evolution as we think of it today, the idea of survival of the fittest. Our uh, human beings go up in, in, in that all the time. We take care of people that are not the fittest all the time. Um, actually, that was one of the things that argued... Um, that Adolf Hitler and his group argued why we should let, uh, if we stopped them from killing the Jews, we were stopping the survival of the fittest. Um, because they were the fittest, and, they just, and so we were stopping the natural selection of things. Um, and so the idea that we stopped that from happening and we fought so hard about it and we take care of people that shouldn't normally survive and have hospitals and, you know, kind of goes in the face of, of that. But, um, but, um, and, but we also see that in the animal world too. They take care of the hurt and the injury even though they shouldn't in, in many occasions. Um, but um, but they talk about the survival of the fittest being a bigger thing like... Uh, uh, you know, and some people, you know, I'm not going to get into evolutionist theory and, and, and all that. We can have another discussion on, on, on what all that actually, the science behind all that is. But they would, but uh, evolutionist theorists, is that they, they said that they're, they're not arguing, they're just saying that God put this process into place and let it happen. And it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It created mankind just the way it was supposed to. And, uh, and 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 that explains for all the fossil record. That explains for. Um, and so it's. Um, um, often, um, there's actually some theistic evolutionists are old Earth creationists, and actually there are young Earth creationists that are theistic evolutionists too. They believe the literal first two books of the Bible were the first three books of the Bible, and then they believe there was a evolutionary process that happened. So you can actually be a young Earth creation and a theistic evolutionist as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, he was an adaptation. And so we, we, we could see this, um, and, but, and, and what we're trying to do with any of these, whether younger, older, you know, progressive, you know, gap theory, we're trying to figure out the metaphysics to make sense with the scriptures. Whatever you fall in that process, we're trying to figure out the f physics of how this all works and line it up with the scriptures. Um, regardless of what you choose and how you charge to to follow, interpret scientific evidence with the Bible and how that reacts. We're trying to solve something. And what we're going to do 
starting next week. I've got five minutes. Okay. What we're going to do next, starting next week is we're going to put this aside. Wherever you sit on this argument, great. You had that discussion. You need to continue to have that discussion. But we're not going to be focused on this. So if you, when we're talking, we're reading this again, and you say, well, if that's how the world is created. I'm going to say, go see episodes three and four. And leave it there, because we're going to be talking about something else when we talk about these types. Because we're going to be looking at the metaphysics more so than we are the physics. We're looking at the cosmology. We're going to look at why, what's going on, what was trying, what is God trying to show us through this ancient cosmology. Uh, that's more, so much more important than than something that we may never know. You know. Well, but we say what God has ordered, how we interpret that changes. We say, God, how do we interpret the scriptures? And we do that all the time. How do we interpret the scriptures? We say, take God at his word. But at what point do we interpret it differently? What we're doing, anytime you interpret scriptures, you have to emphasize some passages over other passages. We have to do it. Well, absolutely. But you, whenever you say, let's take God at his word... How we interpret that, all of these groups are trying to take God at his word. Well, well, but like, if we're going to, there's two major theories that come out of the gap theory has a lot of evidence that you could, you could rely on taking letters from the, um, the the flat we could go flat Earth, uh, I, I'm not. I don't want to go flat Earth. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see the point in that. But there's more evidence for that taking God literally out of His Word than there is. So we have to. We have to be. We have to. How do we interpret this? And uh, so, but what we're going to do next week is we're going to actually. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to focus on on this. How I don't want this conversation that we're having now to hijack the rest of our time in Genesis. Have this conversation, think about it. But next week, we're going to be focused on what they saw the world as, and then we're going to start looking at the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Mesopotamians, and then we're going to look at, and we're, we're going to be looking at the Hebrew, and we're going to start looking at what was God trying to show us through this ancient cosmology? What was God showing us? What's, what's being done? Um, because it's so much more of an important conversation than the physics of how this happened. That's like arguing the physics of how the earth is going to end. Will it be, will it be uh, you know, is God going to, the, the sun is going to destroy us, the, uh, you know, the rainforests are all going to die up, the nuclear war, the, you know, we start arguing the physics of how the earth is going to end. We miss the fact that God is coming back. <laughs> And a lot of times I think that's what we've done. Instead of focusing on the, the, what God is showing us in the beginning, that he created something and he's doing something, he's showing us something in the front, we've taken the same attitude like that. Instead of that we, if we were to say, okay, God is, if we were to say, well, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, it says that there's going to be a nuclear war and America is going to attack. I mean, because they're the great eagle from, you know, and we start looking at the physics of how this works out. And we've, I've read plenty of books talking about the physics of the end of the world based on the Bible. And, and, and what we're doing is we're missing a conversation that we really need to be having. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to put this conversation aside. Okay, we had it. We're done. And we're going to put it aside. We're going to be, next week, we're going to be looking at Barashit, Bara, and what they saw. All right? All right. So I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> um, let's move forward. All right. Anything else we need to talk about?
Um, I think God was showing us something through the people he chose to show us something through. And it was a couple, uh, real quick, I think it was a, co- a combination of God influencing and people, you, but you use the people that, of that time to show us. So we read it, we have to read it as an ancient manuscript through an ancient people. So, but like I said, that's a much bigger conversation than I have time for. All right, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father God, Lord, I praise you today, Lord. I pray that you just, you help us to work through um, beliefs, Lord. Help us to not let the world and, 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 and Darwin and, and, and science hijack, not just the physics, but hijack the conversation that we need to be having with you. As you have written the scriptures, help us to have conversation that actually is helpful for our lives and that, that we, we can grow and become better because we're having a conversation with you that you're really trying to show us what, who you are and your glory and, uh, and, and your love and your life and why we are. And Lord, so we thank you for that. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for being with us. We apologize for that times we've wronged you and deserving of, uh, of destruction. But Lord, we thank you for saving us and leading us on this path that leads to righteousness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.